You just need to focus on one topic per slide. So divide up that crazy busy slide into three or four if you need them. It's okay. Hey there, and welcome to yet another episode of the World of Presentations podcast brought to you by us at Presentation Agency 356 Labs. I'm Boris, the founder of the company and your host for this episode. And today uh, we have not one, uh, but two guests. Echo Swimford and Julie Turberg are here. And for those of you who don't know who they are, uh, they are PowerPoint MVPs from many, many, many years. Uh, They have written, as I like to say, the book on PowerPoint templates. And surely they are speakers at upcoming Present to Succeed conference. Julie, Echo, welcome. Thanks for joining. And Echo, let's start with you. What else should people know about you? Oh my gosh. Um, Hi, I'm Echo Swinford and it's good to be here. Thanks, Boris. I live in Indianapolis, Indiana, and I have, um, oh my gosh, I started working with PowerPoint in 1997. And I started out in the old NNTP news groups. I started asking questions. I read it religiously to try to learn PowerPoint. And I eventually started answering questions. And then Microsoft made me an MVP. So you're right. I've been an MVP for like thousands of years. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Julie. Well, Hi. Uh, great to be here, Boris. I'm Julie Turberg, uh, owner of Turberg Design. And yes, MVP for for many, many years. Um, And with Echo, the co-owner of Building PowerPoint Templates. I landed in this crazy business while I was in art college. So I'm a trained designer who kind of fell into the world of presentations um, and ended up doing um, business theater. So I was backstage doing the graphics for big business meetings and eventually transitioned into writing about the subject and then speaking about the subject. So I've been on both the front and the back of this crazy world of presentations. Julie, by the way, we discussed the questions, but I now remember that you have a Surface Studio. That's one of my favorites. I do not. Sandy has a studio. I have the Surface Book too. But weren't you planning to buy it when we were in in Seattle? Or you were just looking for books? I was looking for the book too, and I bought one. And I love it. It's the best laptop I've ever owned. Yeah, I mean, these are incredible. But I thought that you are also looking for that one. No, Sandy's got the studio. I know for Sandy. She has the first edition, right? She has the... Yeah. The Surface Studio One. Yeah. yeah. I, I, think, I think Boris is remembering when we were at the Microsoft Store and yeah. using them and playing with yeah. them. And I think we were all jonesing for one at the time. But Plus, I, I, I don't regret my decision to buy this book too. Uh, I will I will definitely, I mean, I love it that much. Yeah. Plus, I also know that Emma from Australia has it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. she is also an owner. Anyway, the Surface Book is incredible. We mm-hmm. recently bought the Book 3, the 15-inch, okay, yeah. the maxed out, whatever, 32 gigs. And by the way, funny story, it went on blue screen on the first update. So that is a laptop yeah. for 3,500 euros, right. blue screen on the first update. I was like, really? Like, really? <laughs> I have. What I, happened? I've rarely had any issues with mine. Same, by the way. Same on mine. It's all okay. But that brand new one, the maxed out with the 32 gigs, there was just one of those cumulative um, cumulative yeah. updates for .NET. And every single time, if you go to the uh, update wizard, like the Windows update, it just starts installing it and then goes blue screen every single time. So I needed to do some magic there uh, to go over and pass that update in some way to kind of... Can you take it back? Oh, no, no, no. I 
faked it. So it works. I just went on another build of the Windows, and this is how mm -hmm. I more or less incorporated that update into mm -hmm. the machine. Anyway, wow. Yeah, back on uh, the important questions and everything that's wow. important for life and in life. The book. <laughs> that book uh, became extremely popular. It is, um, you cannot find it anywhere, <laughs> almost anywhere. There are some people that are trying to sell it for what? Hundreds and hundreds of dollars? Was that like something like this? At one time, building PowerPoint templates book was available on Amazon for $4,000. Yeah. We laughed. I wish I had taken a screenshot because it's not that much now. <laughs> oh, okay. So what yeah. is the best? Echo, what is the backstory of that book? Like, how did that happen? Well, so the backstory is that Julie and I started building templates actually for Microsoft to um, make available for download from PowerPoint back in, I don't know what, Julie, 2005, six, seven, somewhere around there. Somewhere around there, somewhere in the mid 2000s. So we, we, Julie was designing the templates um, with art direction from Microsoft and I was building them. And we had to learn by trial and error, basically, because, you know, the paradigm shift from Office 2003 to 2007, templates and PowerPoint under the hood was very different. And so we, um, we learned a lot through that process. And, you know, as the years went on, we started seeing more and more templates from our clients crossing our desk and they, were just, they were horrible. I mean, for lack of a better way to say it, they were just bad. They were poorly conceived. They were poorly constructed. They just didn't work. So we decided that we needed to write a book about it because just basic information was not available for actually specifically template building. So we put our heads together and we wrote a book and published it in what, 2012, I think. So um, yeah, it's been out for a long time. I mean, we haven't done a lot with it <laughs> since then because not a lot has changed. I mean, there are, uh, yeah, Julie, I can see because we're on video. Also, Julie can really wants to say something. So Julie, go ahead. Well, I just, I just want to say that uh, writing a book is much, much more time consuming than you can ever imagine. And yeah. so it's really a labor of love to get that information into book form. And a bit daunting to think about doing it all over again right away. But so I commend those folks yeah. who did version two right after version one is published because we both have mm -hmm. we both have businesses that we are you know running while this is mm -hmm. going on. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's well. Go ahead. But also, I I would say that there hasn't been a lot of change in the template space in PowerPoint since we published since we published the book in 2012. The biggest yeah. thing is probably about variants, but otherwise there's not been a lot. Um, would you say, I'm, would you agree? I'm really interested in the font story and that's always been a big thorn in my side. The limited amount of mm -hmm. fonts in, in office and the whole embeddability story and, you know, cross-platform compatibility and all that was always just a big, you know, as a designer, you just always want to be able to use whatever beautiful font your company wants to use. And so watching the changes in that whole font story, I knew that was going to be an important part of the updated chapter in, of, uh, you know, the updated information on fonts. And so telling that story, you know, I kind of had to wait for Microsoft to do their thing and release this whole cloud font capability. And mm -hmm. so we have we have a lot of information to put forth in the book for that, as well as other fonts and the whole, you know, cross-platform embeddability and and why you should and why you shouldn't. And so yeah. I mean, I agree. I agree with you. I think that the font story really is the impetus for updating the book because 
other than that, I guess I should have said other than font store. There hasn't been a whole lot of update, not a lot of functionality under the hood. Not a lot of that is different. I think so. The font story is probably the biggest update. There's information about variants because those have been updated. But I think otherwise we've been able to, we're working on it now. So we're adding I think some of those lessons learned over the years, some of the weird things that we've run into, and here's how you overcome those. So we've tried to interject a little bit more of that type of thing in addition to the information that was already there. Yeah. I also have to say that one of the other big challenges is providing information about what to consider when you're developing a template and not having it look dated. Because when I look back on the original book, it's like, oh, all the examples look so outdated. Mm -hmm. And some of the advice we had for including all of the layouts because folks were upgrading from older versions. So we didn't know which mm-hmm. layouts were going to be important. And so we have guidance about hey, get rid of some of these layouts if you don't need them. And here's how you do custom things. And here's how you get rid mm-hmm. of the whole, let's provide nine levels of bullets for everything. You know, we, we don't want to, we don't want to teach people those outdated conventions. We want to really educate folks mm-hmm. on how to Design a template that looks great, works great, and works mm-hmm. for whatever purpose your people are going to be using it for. Yeah. So more or less, you are saying that there is a new book coming. Give us an update. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, there is a new book. It's it's in process. You know, we are both really busy business professionals volunteering our time also on behalf of the Presentation Guild takes up a lot of our time as well. But the new book is in process. We really hope it's released this spring. That's our goal. Okay. Is it going to be available on Amazon again so that everyone can get it? Yeah, I think so. I think we're going to self-publish and I think that we're going to probably uh, do it through Amazon would be my my guess. I don't think we've fully decided that 100%, but I'd say we're probably 98% there. Perfect. Yeah. I can imagine that the process of self-publishing is not as easy as having a publisher, but probably it has pros and cons as everything, right? Well, the first the first version was actually published by Wiley. Uh, Q, not Wiley, sorry. The first version was actually published by Q, but they decided not to publish a second version because it's a very niche subject and I don't think they sold, you know, hundreds of thousands of copies or anything. So it's understandable. But they gave us the rights back so we're able to self-publish that second version. I think that one of the concerns, and Julie, correct me if I'm wrong, but one of the, one of the things is it's not just like publishing Publishing a typical Kindle book because it's not just text. And I think publishing something that's very visual is different than just like publishing your novel that you wrote. Yeah. Wouldn't you say, Jules? There's a lot of advice out there on self-publishing a book. And most, I would say most of the audience that they're that they're talking to is publishing a book that consists of all text. And if not, they have a few uh, black and white figures. A couple there. pictures. And yeah. we really want full color. We really want, you know, and talk about uh, with Microsoft updating screenshots. I'm sorry, with Microsoft updating the um, the UI on this regular cadence, doing the self-pub, we can update our figures maybe, you know, on a regular basis as the UI mm-hmm. changes. Maybe we can update those as well, mm-hmm. being, being a self-published. Uh, yeah, that mm-hmm. makes it easier indeed. Okay, we will come back to the templates, uh, but you are also doing so many other things. <laughs> things. Uh, I can see that you're passionate about templates, as people say. <laughs> so um, you you are doing so many other projects, so many other, you work with a lot of customers. What are the top mistakes? And let's be, let's focus this on the design mistakes. What are the top design mistakes that you see your customers doing 
like what is what is going on in there well i think that i think that what i see most often is the typical stuff um that we've been seeing for years the biggest thing is people try to cram too much information on their slides so they'll cram everything on there and then it won't look good so they'll send it over to me and i will you know strip out some text and i'll move some things to speaker notes or i'll make it into two or three slides and they're always like well why is this so good you know, I have one client who I, she always sends me these horrible tables. They're in, they're, their colors are, their main color is red. So their PowerPoint tables are always red and pink, right? And she sends me over her stuff and the tables especially are horrible. And so all I do is just strip out all the things and put in just light horizontal borders and things like, you know, internal borders, just very simple. And she came back to me one day and said, why do, why do your tables look so much better than mine? Like what? It, so I walked her through the steps and then she could get it. So it was just about stripping off all the extraneous. That's what I see the most is honestly people just cramming too much stuff on the slides. Still. That's my biggest 2021, my biggest still issue. that's the same problem. I, still. Yep. I, um, I, I see even things that have been designed by so-called designers uh, in presentations. Some of, the, some of the things that I see mistake-wise are really cramming too much on a slide, but also not respecting the white space around the margin. Give yourself some breathing room for text and the edge of the slide. Otherwise, it creates that little bit of a tension point. And so your audience's eye is going to go there because they, they know something's weird, but they don't really know why. White space, give yourself room to, you know, for your eye to breathe on the slide. Teaching, teaching people that it doesn't matter how many slides you have. It really doesn't. You just need to yeah. focus on one topic per slide. So divide up that crazy busy slide into three or four if you need them. It's okay. Yeah. That's a big one. But and what about the virtual, by the way? What about virtual? Like did it, did something legibility, <laughs> readability. Make yeah. sure yeah. that they are readable. Just because I'm on my laptop doesn't mean that I, I I can necessarily read something that's gray on gray. You know, give me some contrast. Yeah. Echo. I'm Personally, I'm going to say with virtual, if you don't need that video, don't show it because it sucks up bandwidth and nine times out of 10, the person hasn't set up their sound correctly. So it doesn't come through and nobody can hear anything and all they see is stuff moving. So all you've done is just like locked up everybody's system. You, Yeah. <laughs> Edit, edit thyself. Edit thyself. Yeah. I see, still see way too much text in virtual presentations. Yeah, I think mm -hmm. that there are still mm -hmm. people, even here with our customers, it's they approach it in the same way as before. Mm -hmm. And that means that they are still approaching it as always, mm -hmm. which is which is the biggest problem, probably globally. It's not just the US or Europe or I mean, it's, right. it's scary to watch how gigantic yeah. that problem and way of thinking is. Yes. Yeah. Uh, said gigantic and this made me think of something too this is actually template related not necessarily design related but one of the things that i see consistently and i've seen this for years but i've seen it two or three times just in the last couple of weeks a client will approach me and say we're having problems with my template can you look at it and i'll say well send it to me and they say i can't it's 50 meg i'll send you a link okay a 50 megabyte template is not a template and it does nobody any favors so the design agencies who are creating these things they're killing me your powerpoint template is not for high res print and if you can't even email the template how in the hell do you think you're going to be able to email the presentation seriously it's just ridiculous it kills me so i just had to 
get that off my chest. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> now that's public. So going to the templates, uh, back to the templates, because you already started the discussion. Obviously, the size of the template matters. In this case, what else are you seeing? Or what else are you seeing on the market? Because we were talking about the fact and obviously the book and our industry in general, we like the business, the world of business thinks about templates in a completely different way than us. And we know that they are wrong. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but what is really a template? You know, we struggle with it because PowerPoint, with PowerPoint, the terminology, it all means something different to different people. But PowerPoint has a very specific definition of a template. And in my mind that, and with PowerPoint, what a template means is the, it's the infrastructure and it's the, like your background graphics, it's the font theme, it's the color theme, it's the pre-formatted placeholders that are in position for your content. Julie, what do you want to add to that? I, th I think a template provides that, like you said, the structure for folks who are not designers to develop a presentation that's, that translates yeah. the brand. And so the more tools you can give them that are branded and pre-formatted, the better, because we all know that our clients are not designers and the stuff they come up with is mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so... So if yeah. you want to provide more tools, you provide things that are maybe complementary to the template. We do a lot of slide libraries that have been designed with the template as a as the chassis. Provide those tools where designers have made the decisions on what things should look like. But it, ultimately, it's just a starter kit, right? It's it's not yeah. going to create the, the the presentation for your clients. It's the starter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. But it, ha but it has to be done well. I mean, yeah. still. The goal is to help the users not have to, like, like designers are used to starting with a blank canvas. Typical, typical users, typical user, typical information workers, they call them, but typical people using a template don't have that kind of training. And so a blank slide is, is intimidating to them. Like a template is, is really to give them a starter point. So if their content is, you know, three buckets, maybe you have a layout that has three boxes or three ways to bucket your, your, your information. And so it's just helping them organize their content and format it quickly. So they don't have to fight with PowerPoint all the time, just giving them that kind of structure and starting point. Jules, do you want to add to that? I do. Yeah. Because when you, a lot of companies make the mistake of, of releasing a template that, that their, their branding, you know, group or their marketing group has blessed uh, without the tools and education on how to, how do the, how do you approach a presentation? Here's what it, here's what it could look like. Here's a template, here's some sample slides, but without those mm -hmm. tools and, and maybe some training, they're only going to get so far. And so, yes, a great template is going to help your company. It's going to help your team, but they really need to go a step further. Yeah. So it's not going to solve all the problems. No, it is not. A template oh. can only go so far. Yeah. So what would you advise? Because a lot of people that are listening are the business professionals. Like they, some of them may be taking the decisions of changing, updating their temp, corporate template, whatever, what should they be looking for? Like when they're asking for somebody to help them, what should be there in their offering? Because we all know our industry, I mean, that normally templates are being built by the branding agencies as part of a brand identity project. And that never ends well. <laughs> so Julie, what should they be looking for? 
there are a couple approaches to designing a new template for a company. One of the things that Echo and I do is a comprehensive slide audit of existing presentations. Show me the ways that your company is producing presentations. What are the various needs that these people have? We've got all kinds of, you have some presentations that are internal reporting presentations. That's completely different than a CEO keynote presentation. Um, and then uh, some of my clients, some of our clients entrust us to redo their, say their, their overview deck or their pre sales presentation. That becomes the impetus for the template design. So we redo the main story, redo the visuals for that story, build a template that houses that story, which then spurs forward, you know, more layouts and more looks. So it starts with, it starts with rethinking the the actual story itself, branding it, mm -hmm. and then giving folks the, the tools they need to expand on that initial story. Yeah. Well, so, I think the expansion yeah. too, we often provide, well, you know, slide libraries, grab, grab and go slides. Um, and that's where we end up with the, the difficulty with terminology, because some people consider that their template. Like here's a set of slides that you can use and you can copy paste these and use these in your presentations, because these are the slides that we use most often. These are our, you know, 40 corporate talking about us or what we do or that kind of thing. These are the important slides. And so we'll design those and we'll have those as a separate file that they can grab and go. We call them boilerplate slides, slide libraries, all those different things. But they're, they're set up so that they work with that infrastructure of the actual underlying template chassis so that you can grab and go and copy paste yeah and so you that's also what, mentioned it's like training a, tell us a little bit more about the training <laughs> like templates they need a new template you're building the template or someone on a, in our industry builds a proper template with the slide library but having a training together as part of the project why would they search for that um yeah go ahead i'll sir. take um i'll answer this go one it 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 gives folks, you know, most folks don't touch PowerPoint every day like we do. They come they come into PowerPoint when they need to, uh, whether that's once a week or every couple of weeks. And so giving them um, maybe an hour's worth of here's your template, here's how to use it. And here are some here are some tips to make you faster. Right. And to to help you. Uh, navigate PowerPoint to create this presentation quicker using your new template in the new library. I think that that's a big bonus to folks instead of just throwing the template at them and saying, here you go. Well, yeah, I think that, yeah, go ahead. Go. Exactly. Here's a new toy. Play with it. See, see what, uh, you know, what kind of a mess you can make. Of it. <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, honestly, people don't get training ever in the fundamentals of PowerPoint. They don't, they don't understand why when they copy things from their old file into the new one colors change and so those are the kind of things we also cover when we do like initial template training let's talk about getting your old content into here and why your colors are changing and what you need to do to fix that kind of thing and how you can do that quickly and efficiently so that they don't get so frustrated with the new template because there's never going to be um, like what what was I saying yesterday to someone there's never a magic bullet <laughs> so there's not a magic wand there's not a silver bullet there's not an easy you know instantaneous way to copy paste a slide from one deck to another. So you have to help people be efficient with that kind of thing, I think. Exactly. We're, we're all about saving people time, but we mm -hmm. want them to produce the most beautiful, effective branded presentation they can. So all right. these tools and techniques and, and they all work together as a, mm -hmm. as a package. Mm -hmm. uh, we're not to just well, I think something over the fence and say, here you go, you're on your own. <laughs> right. 
But, but to that end, honestly, Julie, I think what sets our templates apart from a lot of the others is honestly, I think we're building it more with the user in mind than a lot of things a lot of places do or a lot of others do. Uh, it really is about providing user instructions in the template itself as much as possible. Um, we, you know, we sometimes put in those organize, organizational layouts to help users find the appropriate content layouts, especially when you have lots and lots of different looks and layouts for them and options. So there's just, there's a lot of that. It's really as much ease of use as we can, as we can build in. And it always starts with asking the right questions. Are you using this as a, are you sending this out as a document? Because we see those quite often where the client really just mm -hmm. needs a, a template to produce PDF documents. Yeah. And so if that's what you need, that's what you're going to get. You're not going to get, we're not going to give you, you know, a, a presentation template to have you go off and start producing those documents with. It's going to be customized for that particular need. Yeah. And when you mm -hmm. say that, I remembered a moment like two years ago, we got in, we were invited into a meeting and we didn't know who is going to get into that meeting. So we were just invited. And we enter in a room and then the CEO of a company here in Sofia that represents those brands like, like Red Bull and all of those, Avian or whatever, he enters, he's mm -hmm. from Austria, like very Austrian type of person, you know, like very strict, very nervous, or at least that's how it, he was looking, <laughs> this disciplined person, the CEO. And I remember his first words, and I will never forget that. He was not like, he didn't show us anything yet, but he just said, I don't care how much it costs. I just want somebody to fix it. And I was like, okay, we have a problem here. Like if the CEO is going to be talking to us about a presentation, mm -hmm. it's obviously it, it's going like something is wrong inside of the organization. Someone tried to fix it. Many people tried mm -hmm. to fix it. No one succeeded. So now they're like, okay, enough. And so yeah. what he showed us were actually 542 slides in one presentation. <laughs> Relax, Julie, it's okay. So, <laughs> so 542 <laughs> slides, which were actually the data points and all of the data per country, per quarter, right? And that document, wow. that document had to be consumed by each CEO of each country, each quarter, 542 slides. Every single one of them wow. looks different. Every single one of them measures different things. So they're not even measuring the same KPIs across the countries. And so it was a, it was just a mess. A and this guy goes and opens up an Excel file and says, here is what I want to happen. And you can see the most organized beautiful excel file on the planet <laughs> like you were like german this guy is a german I yeah. know. <laughs> you can guess it so you see that those five 440 whatever slides are now 98 for all of the countries all of the countries are going to measure the same thing right and he says this is what i want to do and i want somehow to give them everything that they need and i just want them to change the numbers mm -hmm. that's everything so we build mm -hmm. all of that Great. he sees it at the end he doesn't believe that it was going to be possible so he goes to us and says i actually didn't believe that you are going to make it <laughs> so i was like relax <laughs> don't worry about it you are going to pay for it so he yeah. sends it to the guys in france i remember that one he sends it to the guys in france and we receive a call one week later and it's his assistant and so she was like you have to see something and i'm like what Having in mind that these are charts that are built and they are just like they're editable, right? Everything is just 
there you just change the numbers and you know that when the transition slide says friends that's your part you know <laughs> yeah it's your part don't touch anything right? like your part and so we see those guys and you can imagine the colors are uh, blue and green mostly because of the drinks and because water and all of that stuff the guys in france added a little bit of pink added a little bit of yellow added a little bit shapes <laughs> on top of the charts with on a diagonal ma- in a diagonal fashion and so the ceo was like i just cannot do that like it's how much more simple can we give it to them and they're still ruining it like it was insane and everyone was, loves to be a designer with powerpoint yeah, don't they I mean, yeah oh my god yep but i love that when yep. he said i just don't care how much it costs I need somebody to fix it. When like when you hear something like this. I've had a couple of those. Yeah. Like I was like, yeah. first I was like, there is a huge problem here. And my second thought, if I have to be honest, was like, we are going to make some money here. <laughs> because if the CEO says <laughs> if the CEO says that, I'm like, okay, I would not even send him an offer. I would just send him the the check at the end and just ask him to pay it and that's it. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. Mm. Templates are crazy. <laughs> that is crazy stuff. Enterprise designer. People don't know about it, but Microsoft are doing a little bit of things mm-hmm. around it and it, mm-hmm. it's related to, uh, mm-hmm. to um, templates. Should we say something about what enterprise designer is and how it could be beneficial? Echo? Um, sure. I actually wrote a chapter for the new edition of the book that talks about how to set up your templates so that they work with enterprise designer. So in, in PowerPoint, designer, design ideas is a, a thing in PowerPoint where when you insert like a picture or um, in some cases, certain kinds of text and things like that, you get different options, different design ideas in a panel that you can just choose a pre-formatted slide and you click on it and there it is. So it can save you a lot of time and, and some of the designs are okay. The problem is when it first rolled out, it didn't work if you had a custom template. Like it was only for the stock Microsoft template. And so corporations were kind of left out there. Well, Microsoft has since updated it and designer will work with your template if it is set up properly. So I wrote some information on what you need to do to make sure your template is set up properly so that designer will offer you designs that look like they're in your brand. Yeah, so that is now possible. So for everyone who is running Office 365, which actually surprises me, do you see a lot of your customers having and using Office 365 actually? Like what is the case? Julie, maybe? On your end? Um, yeah, I, I, I think all of my clients are on 365. I don't think I have anybody using an older version anymore. It's lovely. Really? I, I'm so happy. Yeah. Really? Echo, is, it, is that the same for you? Like, is it the same? Most, no, most of, most of mine are using Office 365. So yes, it is the same. I do see, though, I teach a data visualization class that's like open enrollment, and I do see a few 2010 users coming through there, especially with government organizations. But I think it's out of support now. So I think that they're finally starting to move forward to yeah. 365. I recently saw 2007 mm-hmm. in a bank. How about bank. you? 2007? Mm-hmm. In a bank. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's because of it's because of Excel add-ins. They they test those and test those and test those so extensively that moving forward is slow there. Could be. That's Could why. Be. Yeah. And then we are getting to the point where we need to talk about your session at the conference. It's about templates. What should people expect mm-hmm. there? Who is going to take that one? <laughs> Echo? Um <laughs> sure. <laughs> 
so, okay, so Julie and I have presented about templates at uh, Presentation Summit for a long time. And one of the things we struggle with is trying to create, we've tried to do a workshop, we've tried to do Q&A, we've tried to do a whole lot of different things during the conferences. And we usually have two hours and it's still a struggle. So for Present to Succeed, we're looking at like 45 minutes to, you know, an hour, somewhere around in there. So we were trying to figure out what the best thing we could do is. So we're going to do our template top 10. We're going to just do a quick and down and dirty. Here are the top 10 things we look for when we start looking at templates. And so we'll I, go back and forth kind of like I, we are today. Guarantee people are going to learn a lot from it because there are yeah. so many little nuances that folks just don't realize. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I guarantee there's going to be some learning there. Yeah, I don't know whether or not I'll be the moderator of that session. I think Eva will actually be your moderator for that one and helping you out with the reactions, the questions and everything else. Okay, so you mentioned the presentation summit. That's obviously the conference that's for presentation experts, people in our industry that's been happening for the last, what, 17 years in the US? Around there. Something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that Rick organizes. I just wanted to mention that one because people don't know that there are there is another conference in the presentation world, which is kind of a sad story that people don't know. But yeah, we exist, you know, and we have conference. So anyway, <laughs> I just wanted to say that out loud as Echo did 20 minutes ago. Uh, so because you mentioned, yeah, go ahead, Echo. If you don't want me to mention that, I can re, I can start over. And no, it's perfectly fine. I actually wanted to go okay. exactly in that direction. So because okay. you mentioned the present, um, presentation summit, I remember that we didn't discuss very briefly something else that we have in our industry. And I know that you are involved in those things. And I just wanted to mention it so people hear about it. It's the certifications. So can you someone maybe echo just add one or two sentences about the fact that our industry has certifications. What was going on in there? Like brief us. So uh, let me see. I got to think about this. Um, Try to be brief though. And I, will. The I will be very brief. The founder of the Presentation Guild. I founded a trade organization a few years ago called the Presentation Guild. And one of our reasons for existence is to advocate for our industry and help people legitimize those skills. It's hard to prove that you have excellent superior PowerPoint skills because everybody thinks they can use PowerPoint and everybody can use PowerPoint, but there's a, there's a level of skill that you really need at certain times. And so we developed a certification program and we came out with a certified presentation specialist uh, exam a couple of years ago. We are currently working on the expert level exam, which is the intermediate exam. And there will someday be a master level exam as well. So if you are interested in those types of things, you can head to presentationguild.org and and there's more information there. Perfect. That's more than enough. I mean, more than enough. I just wanted to, for us to kind of say it out loud and make sure that people know about mm -hmm. those things. Anyhow, one of the questions that we always ask, I'm lying, we're we not asking every single time, but in the last 10, 15 episodes is who should we get next on this podcast? Somebody that cares about presentations, somebody that made an impression on you with their presentation who are those people julie yeah i i'm gonna vote for uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna suggest uh yulia barnakova p spice powerpoint spice uh PowerPoint. she's an incredible not only an incredible person but she's got all of these uh, she's got a futuristic vision and so um she's just always yeah. sharing with us some of the latest coolest technology and applications okay. for powerpoint for instance i know her so 
that is an easy one. Anyone else? I totally agree with Julie. Like, get peace by. She does. She just is. She has the pulse of all the amazing stuff just right there. And and I think Lori Collar is doing amazing animation work also. So I think both of them would be awesome. Yeah, I I think I'll have Troy probably in a month or something. Mm-hmm. But then we can mm-hmm. figure that one also. Anyway, where can people find? <laughs> where you want to have Lori also. <laughs> Yeah, that's easy. Once I get Troy, then it becomes easy. But I can actually ask her first, you know? Why not? Like, I think you should. Why not? I think you should girl power. No, Peace Bikes would be <laughs> awesome too. I I'm I I'm so in awe of the stuff that she's doing. Perfect. So those two people are definitely if you are listening to the podcast right now, uh, double check your LinkedIn or your email because you probably have an email or a LinkedIn message from me already. Anyway, where can people find more about you? What is the best, what is the channel that you are most active on, as people say nowadays? Hmm. Really? I am probably on Twitter more often okay. than, than LinkedIn okay. or Facebook. Julie, what about you? Yeah, I'm on Twitter, Julie Turberg. Um, I, am, I also... Um, if folks do want to uh, check out the Presentation Guild, we have a Slack channel uh, where folks can, hey, they, they're just always posting questions for experts. Can you help me out? And um, so we help folks troubleshoot issues that they're having. Um, and that happens right there uh, on the Guild forums and on the Slack channel. Okay, um, so we need to link your Twitter handles. We need to link the book. We need to invite you again for when the new book is released. That's clear. Right. Uh, and we need to link the presentation guild, obviously. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. know what who was on the pod. No one. It was no one. So we talked about the guild again. So mm-hmm. I'll make sure that we link the guild yet again in this episode also. Final words? Anything special? Anything that you want to say <laughs> to wrap this up? I don't have anything. <laughs> I know Julie wants to ask you a question though. Now, thank you for having us, Boris. It's been awesome. A lot of fun. Yeah, thanks so much, Boris. I would like to ask you why 356 Labs? Well, how did the name convention come about? Tell me what that you means. Didn't, you don't know? We I, it has to do with color, right? Oh, no. No. Tell me. Oh, no. It's very far away from colors or anything. Like, it's okay. not related to colors. It's related to, first of all, when the company was starting, I tried all, the, all of the typical domains and... Obviously, uh, none of them was like no one. Uh, there was no available domain. And then I was like, okay, I'm giving up. The, you know, like this is way too much effort. <laughs> like what's going on? I cannot find even a name that's going to work. And then I said, okay, different approach. Think out of, think outside of the box, Boris. Let's go. Let's go. Let's hit it. Uh, and then I said, okay, let's let's use something that I personally care about. And then I said, okay, what what am I caring about that much? And I said, okay. Porsche, the brand, is my favorite brand since I was a kid. I don't know who did this to me, really. I really don't know why that happened to me, but that's the only material dream that I have, you know? Like, that's the only thing I'm dreaming of at some point. And I'm working on it, you know? I'm working on it. So stay tuned about uh, some future updates on the topic. (laughs) So 356 is actually the first model of Porsche. Mm -hmm. And it's iconic. It's Uh that model that's very, very uh, popular with the simplicity of its design, right? So that is the first part of the name came from there. And then the labs came from, hey, if we're going to be doing a company around presentations or around anything, let's try to constantly push the limits, right? Let's constantly be 
on the latest trends, etc. So I combined those two words into 1356labs.com, checked the domains, it was free. And I was like, here you have there it. You That's the name. That worked. Yeah. So Porsche. So now, all right. So anything Porsche and Boris, I'll have to connect. Yeah, yeah they'll be connected in my head forevermore now. I'm fanatic. I and I'm the those true fans. You know, I was in the fab, you know, I was in the factory, in the museum in, Stutt in Stuttgart. Wow. I love it. I mean well, if you come to Michigan, there's a museum here. Um, really? and my my friend, my it's called the uh Gilmore, Gilmore, Gilbert. It's on the west side of Michigan. My friend Michael is um heavily involved with that and the Porsche Owners Club. And they had, what is her name? Um, Janice Joplin's decorate. Did you see her decorated Porsche? Uh, uh, I'll sure send you a picture. I'll send you a picture. Um, they had it there at the museum. I'm looking at And so I, 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 yes, I can get you a tour of the museum. By the way, do you, that is a question to everyone that's going to be listening to this. Do you know about this brand that's called Singer? Have you heard about that one? What? Singer, okay. Singer I, Porsche design. No. Well, check that out. Singer Porsche design and be amazed. I mean, be amazed. One of those Porsches costs more than a million US dollars each. Mm -hmm. These guys wow. are fanatics. Echo, do you see them already? Yeah. Yeah. I, I was just Googling. So, yeah. It looks like the uh, old 356 that you were... It's I the mean, 911s. It's the first 911s, but they are crafted. They this is everything is handmade there. Like it's insane. It's insane. So you need to look up Janice Joplin's 356 Porsche because okay. it was custom okay. painted in a very 60s psychedelic paint job. Okay. That's the one I want you to see. Okay. Well, I'm not hoping for the 356 for a first Porsche, but <laughs> at some point. This is awesome. <laughs> I will go. I will go for the seven one eight for the first one, but then maybe you can buy point, posters. Was that? You can buy posters of it. Janet Joplin's Porsche. I have enough uh, posters for okay. that. Okay. Anyway, so perfect. Ego <laughs> Julie, thanks for doing this. We are going to link absolutely everything. Uh, your Twitter handles, the presentation guild, the book, everything will be in the show notes. So everyone, check it out. Thanks for joining again. Thank it you. was so much fun. It was, it was so much Thank fun. you, Boris. It's great seeing you, Boris. Have a good time. Great talking with you. Absolutely. So we can obviously talk about that for hours and hours. But anyway, I'm just asking people, if you guys have any questions in regards to templates or anything else, just shoot them on social media and I'll make sure that I will tag Echo and Julie to help you out with them. If I'm not able or someone uh, is not able to help, but still, I want everyone here, uh, all of us three to see the question that potentially can come from somebody. In the meantime, uh, also visit not just their websites and not only follow them on Twitter, but check 356 laps, obviously, and not 365 laps. Everybody, let's go 356laps.com <laughs> <laughs> to see what we are doing. And of course, present to succeed our conference, the biggest presentation skills event that's happening in April. Check that out and get your tickets now. Uh, thanks again for listening and see you in the next one.